0: Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. Market View on Money FM
1: 89.3. Thanks indeed for joining us on Market View. And to give us some insights into market movements this week, we're joined by Audrey Goh, Head of Asset Allocation and Thematic Strategy, Standard Chartered Wealth Management. Hi, Audrey. Thanks for joining us today. Hi, Marathi. So, Audrey, first of all, of course, we need to talk about inflation, always number one on the agenda, isn't it? MAS is saying that it expects inflation to ease next year while remaining well above the 1.5% that it had averaged since 2000. Now, with a stronger SING dollar, why is it that Singapore's high inflation may actually drag into next year? Well, I
0: guess that high inflation into next year is a risk that many people are monitoring. So if we look at our expectations, we do expect Singapore Inflation Outlook to ease in the second half of this year, given that we're seeing easing supply set constraints and also some fall in commodity prices. And certainly, the rate hikes by various central banks across the globe is also helping to slow some demand. But but there are upside risks to inflation because there are still risks that we may see fresh shocks to energy supply, given that the war in Ukraine and Russia is still ongoing. And of course, let's not forget about COVID-19, right? Because if we get a new breakout in covid variant, for example, that may also worsen supply chain-related bottlenecks. And as a result, out, there is certainly the risk that high inflation may well drag into 2023.
1: The IMF recently said that it is very confident that the moves by central banks in recent times will manage to curtail inflation before next year or next year exactly. What do you think of that statement?
0: I think that is what we are expecting as well, because, uh, higher rate hike basically curb growth, curb borrowing demand. So we should start to see some of the impact of tighter monetary policies and higher interest rates and borrowing costs filter into the real economy. So far, given that central banks have only, at least in the, U- in the, US, right, have only started to hike interest rates in the beginning of this year. And if you look at euro area, they haven't even started yet. I uh, would we'll probably see some of that happening with a lag. So that's our base case as well, where we should certainly see a moderation in inflation over the course of the second half and into next year.
1: Before we talk about the ECB, whose policy decision is expected tomorrow, the Bank of Japan is also going to be meeting tomorrow with a weak yen in focus, as policymakers, of course, have stressed that their focus will be on supporting the economy if necessary. What should investors be expecting on this front?
0: I guess we'll probably not see much of a change to the policy setting in Japan. And there's certainly very little expectation that they will become less accommodative than they currently are. So I think in this meeting, you'll most likely see the BOJ highlighting inflationary pressure and they are also likely to revise up their inflation outlook given the depreciation in yen that we've seen so far and also comments by large firms to pass through higher prices to end consumer. But having said that, um, it is also likely to be balanced by potential downside risk to growth because unlike the US, the, the Japanese economy has in fact yet to return back to its pre-pandemic levels. And global economies, as we speak today, are also facing growing risk of a recession given increased hawkishness seen uh, by many central banks. And in Japan right now, there's also this rapid spread in COVID variant, which also points to potential downside risk to growth and yields even as major central banks are under a lot of pressure today to hike interest rates to tame inflation. So from a monetary perspective from a yield curve control perspective likely unchanged and from a currency perspective then uh, we do expect to see some yen rebound from here given that that it is actually quite oversold in the near term.
1: Let's talk about the ECB. They are expected to hike rates tomorrow as well at their next policy meeting. The euro has firmed up this week ahead of the announcement. To what extent do you think they will be hawkish or will they be making other moves to avoid that hard landing that many seem so apprehensive about?
0: I guess there are certainly supporting factors for the ECB to lean hawkish. Uh, if you look at their inflation, it is at a record 8.6%, which is four times higher than their 2% two, target. Two, two um, they are certainly also perceived to be behind the curve when it comes to rate normalisation, where the Federal Reserve have really hiked by 150 basis points year-to-date so far, while the ECB have not even normalised in face of, you know, pretty high inflation. Um, but that being said, um, the ECB may well lean slightly cautious in the meeting tomorrow, uh, limiting its rate high to just 25 basis points. Because unlike the U.S., it is also in a very, very vulnerable position uh, in terms of potential supply disruption from Russia gas as the continent approaches the winter season. And if you look at the current situation today, consumers as well as businesses are really reeling from record high energy prices, which is creaming purchasing power and demand. And in the event if we were to see further disruption in terms of energy supply from Russia in the second half, then the euro area could well be pushed into a recession. And higher interest rate will certainly you know, be quite negative in that scenario and will also increase borrowing costs and heighten fragmentation risk, especially among some of the weaker peripheral countries such as Italy, uh, which has pretty high uh, debt burden. So I think in the near term, uh, we have a rather bearish bias on the euro in the near term, uh, also given the strong rebound that we've seen over the past week.
1: We've been speaking with Audrey Goh, Head of Asset Allocation and Thematic Strategy at Standard Chartered Wealth Management. Audrey, let's turn our attention to China. Now, Chinese Banks would forfeit 4.6 billion US dollars of interest income from mortgages under a proposal to give home buyers installed projects a temporary payment holiday. And today, some suppliers to Chinese real estate developers are refusing to repay bank loans because of unpaid bills owed to them. This, of course, is a sign that the loan boycott that started with home buyers could spread. eh? Right. And what can you tell us about the credit risk from the latest round of stress in the property sector and, of course, the Chinese economy as a whole? Oh.
0: I think the credit risk for most banks should be quite manageable. Um, if you look at the total affected uh, mortgage, it, it is less than 1% of bank total mortgage, book. even as we expect this ratio to perhaps increase over time as we see construction house as well as mortgage suspension uh, grow from current levels. So uh, as a result of that, right, um, non-performing loans by banks is expected to rise, and that could certainly pose some downside risk to the overall profit outlook for Chinese banks this year. Having said that, the actual impact may be slightly mild. Than I expected because you mentioned about uh, payment holiday. Uh, Uh, This may not, maybe in fact, not be classified as a non-performing loan, which, according to some banks' definition loans which are overdue for between 60 to 90 days. And then furthermore, there are also increased chatter that we might see uh, more government intervention, for example, to you know ensure project deliveries and perhaps for even some state-owned banks to continue funding some of these developers to help them complete their projects. So certainly these could all, in my opinion, uh, mitigate concerns about the impact of credit risk uh, in the Chinese property and banking sector and to the overall Chinese economy.
1: All right. Thank you very much for that, Audrey. Audrey Go, Head of Asset Allocation and Thematic Strategy at state Standard Chartered Wealth Management. Thanks for joining us on Prime Time. Before
0: acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at MoneyFM893.sg or download our audio app.
1: That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.